Welcome, everyone, to the Nerd Journey Podcast, episode number 60. We're joining you every week to talk IT career progression and bring you the advice we wish we'd been given earlier on in our careers. I'm your host, John White, at BJourneyman on Twitter, joined by my co-host, Nick Cordy, at NetworkNerd underscore. Hey, Nick, how's it going? Hey, John, I'm doing great. We are both pre-sales technical engineers with backgrounds in IT operations. We hope our career discussions will be vendor neutral, relevant across disciplines, and remain timeless. If you're enjoying our content, please drop us a positive review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you subscribe. And if you want to get in touch with us, tweet or DM at Nerd Journey. Ultimately, we're just two nerds on a journey. A journey to virtual enlightenment. So let's take a trip. Great, Nick. Hey. Um, we're back this week with another really fascinating interview with Amy Hervey. Um, she is a marketing professional and we thought that it would be interesting to bring her in to talk a little bit about, you know, organizations from that marketing perspective, but then ask her to weigh in on that marketing perspective and how she could maybe talk about, um, a little bit about career, but, but first of all, we got into that marketing and marketing to influencers that that was really fascinating to hear again from the marketing perspective instead of from maybe like you and i have a little bit more exposure to the product marketing people and technical marketing people and to hear about it from a marketing marketing perspective was pretty interesting i think so and this idea of the marketing culture that marketing is extremely ingrained or should be in the onboarding process so that new employees know exactly what the brand is about and how to solidify the brand with customers, other employees, future new hires. I guess I didn't even realize after working with Amy for a year at a previous employer that marketing should be so finely ingrained in the culture of an organization to solidify the brand that way. It, it really helped me reflect on the time I spent working in conjunction with her for, for onboarding new hires. And, uh, you know, I hope that other folks who do onboarding type processes, especially in the technology space can learn from this. Yeah. I think the interesting phrase there was marketing as culture, right. To kind of, solidify and align the marketing of the brand and the organization with the culture of the brand and the organization. So one is a reflection of the other. That's a really uh, interesting observation. And then we did talk about personal brand, right? So bringing that marketing brain to bear on what people are doing to market themselves. So, you know, blogging, you know, what is it that you can do to have a brand within your organization that's reflective of you and what it is that you want people to think of you? And then the same for outside the organization, right? Maybe your next job is going to be outside the company that you work for now. Um, or maybe it's going to be a slightly different position within the organization, but you want to prepare people outside the organization to understand who you are and where you're coming from and your point of view. So all those things were really interesting. And it was interesting to hear her take on that and, and some of the activities that she had engaged in to help other people do that. And this is another two-parter, isn't it? Yeah, it can't be in the nerd journey without being a two-parter. <laughs> but anyway, uh, with all of that preamble out of the way, let's get to it. Part one of 
Marketing and Personal Brand with Amy Hurry. Amy Hervey, welcome to The Nerd Journey. Why, thank you, John. Uh, can you uh, introduce yourself and maybe tell us what it is that you do? And uh, I understand your title is marketing manager, so maybe you can tell us what a marketing manager does day to day. Absolutely. My name is Amy Hervey, and I am a marketing manager with an HR outsourcing company. I have been in that industry for 21 years, and I come from a journalism and marketing background. So what does a marketing manager do? That really varies a lot based on the size and the type of the company, as well as what's being marketed. So in my case, that means everything from social media platforms and posts to the back end of our website, uh, doing press releases, email campaigns, promotional print items, online training platforms, special events, sales support, whatever's called for. I am at present a one person marketing department. So I manage all aspects of that. And it is so fun. Wow, that sounds intense. <laughs> Some days it really is. Um, maybe we could jump in here and you could tell us the difference between like the idea of product marketing and influence marketing. Product marketing is basically promoting a product or, or service by increasing awareness of your brand. And that involves the product and the marketing and the sales process. So influencer marketing or influence marketing, there's a strong trend in some industries right now to really lean on using an influencer where a company pays a famous or an influential person to basically spread their message or even endorse their services or their products. And this can be paid or unpaid, uh, but whenever they're contractually bound to a company, they, they may not always say something perfectly positive, but they are putting information out about that brand. In some cases, this works really well, like having a well-known or popular athlete wear your clothing brand or a model wear your makeup, and they discuss their experience, the, the pros, the cons, the things that make it unique. And I think part of why that really works for them is that people would rather hear about a product or a service from somebody somebody that they trust or they can relate to than listen to a company talk about itself and its services or its products. And in a lot of cases, there's opportunity for crossover into other markets, depending on who the online followers of those influencers are. It's interesting. I, I, you immediately prompted me to think of, you know, I would say social media influencers, which I, for some reason, I hadn't really connected influencer, influencer marketing on, but of course that is exactly what that is. And I mean, my experience with it is more kind of peer to peer, like, you know, users of a business product influencing each other, but yeah, that direct kind of mass retail influencer is, uh, is kind of the natural outgrowth and like the modern use of that. Of course, we, we say influencers, and but nobody wants to be referred to as the influenced, right? Like nobody, <laughs> oh, that's I'm, a right. I'm a follower, not an influencee. <laughs> Absolutely right. There are a lot of people who are waiting to be 
to get a lot of information or enough information for themselves before they make a decision on a product or a brand. They look to their peers or the people with whom they identify, whether they are actual peers, as in they're in the same industry or they're in the same age group or geographical location or ethnicity, whatever group they choose to identify with in that case. Maybe people who love backpacking and camping identify with others who enjoy that particular thing. And they look to those folks for information on products and experiences they've had. So word of mouth is not new, obviously, but that's basically what we're talking about here with social media influencers. What was your experience? It's a step away from customer or client testimonials, and it has more of an authentic feel to it. Yeah, that's it, exactly. And like we're much more likely to listen to a friend or peer or, as you say, a perceived peer or maybe an aspirational peer, like somebody I aspire to be that person's peer and uh, listen to their ideas than we are to listen to, like you said, maybe the company directly um, promoting their marketing copy. <laughs> Absolutely. And this actually really reminds me a lot of our episode 36 on customer advocacy programs. So if you haven't listened to that one and you listen to this episode, go back and listen to that one after the advice we get from Amy here. And I think that would make a nice uh, summation of ideas. Amy, maybe um, we didn't really uh, prepare to talk about customer advocacy programs or advocacy programs in general. Um, but I, I mean, personally, I've experienced a couple versions, right? Like employee advocacy programs where a company will set up like a kind of a feed for employees to to share, you know, socially share uh, the marketing message of the company. And maybe they let, you know, specific influential people in their user community also have access to that feed and, and kind of, um, you know, be able to uh, broadcast the, the company message. Is, is that something that you've had experience with or, or been exposed to professionally? Oh, it is. I love employee advocacy platforms. They really empower a company's employees to share messages that they choose. They can customize those messages and they can share on their preferred platform. It is a fantastic way to provide some guardrails as far as branding and message and tone, content, make sure that people aren't violating copyright rules and, and so forth. But employee advocacy programs really do make a huge difference. If you've got, uh, if you've got 10 or 50 people amplifying the message that you want to send as your company and they're putting their own spin on it, you are getting to potentially 10 or 50 or exponentially more additional audiences because those folks are telling their friends about and their their company their professional acquaintances as well about the product or the service and the message that you want to send that's so interesting i it, it occurs to me what it's kind of a multi-stage process then um you have to have that curated message as you just said you also need to have like employees who are interested in, in engaging and and actually have active networks and in, in whatever um, the target you know group that the marketing is trying to reach, right? So it's almost like you need to cultivate a 
socially active um, uh, employee, employee, like a workforce, I guess, um, in order to actually activate something like that. It sounds like you need a marketing culture to me. <laughs> now, uh, John, you have you read the article Amy wrote about developing a marketing culture within an organization? Ooh, I, I definitely see that in my notes and I definitely have it open in a tab, but that's not the same thing, thing as actually reading the article, right? Yeah, uh, I, I, I'm just, I'm being honest here. I did not actually read it, um, but maybe Amy, if you could talk about like the central thesis of, of the article. Sure. Developing a marketing culture. We are all marketers. It's just a matter of what we're marketing whenever a new employee comes on board with your company, this is your very best opportunity to give them information and tools that they can use to succeed. Plus, it's an opportunity for you as, as an employer to be inclusive and really make them feel welcome. So if you can provide some, some brand guidelines and uh, a little bit of information about the, the company's voice, like a simple document that gives preferred fonts and colors, design style, and directs you potentially to other resources like templates or websites. So helpful. And consistency, that is a, a huge thing. Uh, always addressing employees' uh, email signatures, voicemails, out-of-office message, and the, the writing styles. This has to be across the board from the top down because your brand is your very biggest investment as a company and it consists of the time and the talent and the energy plus the history, all of the things that you've done to this point. So if your leadership feels strongly about it and you make this part of your onboarding process, then you are developing a marketing culture from the first day that an employee is on board with your company and you're providing support for them as you go. Now, what is the general reaction of employees to to hearing about the brand guidelines and the consistent voice? Do they feel like that's a little big brother or do they really understand the big picture here? There are, to my experience, a few folks who are hesitant to engage fully with the company online uh, in social media platforms. They may want to write an article or want to post something and they're not really sure what to do. An employee advocacy program is ideal for them in terms of social media because again, it gives them those guardrails and they know that the things that are in that program or in that platform are safe to post. In terms of employees' questions and, the, and their reactions whenever they're first introduced to brand guidance or, or to brand requirements, in fact, it does feel, it can feel a little bit like Big Brother, but mostly it feels like that isn't really my field. Let's not reinvent the wheel. We'll leave that to the experts. And they're grateful to have certain tools that are available to help them get started. I suppose, you know, having a, uh, a company-wide requirement for, you know, consistent email signature or, or what have you, that's the same thing as saying like, well, if you're going to send a, a, a memo, like from our company, it has to be on company letterhead and it has to be vetted, you know, by company people. And like, the, like, you know, there was an eighties um, version of this, right? 1980s version of this that is totally analogous, right? You had company letterhead, 
you don't just send out a note like on your personal letterhead. Like it, it has to be company branded. That's right. We have to look good. We have to look professional. Whatever that look is, it may be fun and upbeat and super engaging. You may be using uh, a, a fun font with bright colors or whatever, but you can't have a crazy email signature and represent a bank or some entity that really requires a lot of trust from uh, you know someone who you're maybe handling their money or you're handling their payroll or investments or it's a, a major investment of time or your image. Those are the folks that really want to portray an image of trust and um, stability. Does this mean I have to get rid of the pattern background in my emails, Amy? Oh, I wouldn't rush into that, Nick. I think okay. you, you'll probably be just fine. <laughs> okay, so pink polka dots are good then. All oh, right, cool. I like them. They're very nice. Awesome. Oh, did, did you rotate off the off the plaid? I I, I just yeah. remember every email I get I get from you having a plaid background. Every now and then you have to spice things up, John. Okay. <laughs> I'm just taking it to the next level. Put some quotes at the bottom. Yeah, absolutely. I send out tips and tricks from the John White School of Mentoring is what I send out. <laughs> Pricing and packaging to come, people. <laughs> Nick promotes his fictional side business and uh, his email signature, which is what I just heard. I like it. <laughs> Amy, it's it's interesting because uh, having recently gone through an onboarding experience myself, um, it, everything that you just said was like subtly woven throughout my experience, right? Hey, if you're going to speak with a company voice, you have to, um, you know, do it this way respectfully, you know, so on and so forth. Here's the company um, or organization-wide signature. Here's the, the brand guidelines. Like, you know, these are the logos that we use. Don't, don't, you know, put our logo on a weird colored background. It's, you know, this color scheme that we use. Um, and always keep in mind, you know, that, you know, people might connect to your, uh, maybe even your, your personal uh, life and your personal activities with our brand. So, you know, please just be careful, you know, and, and don't speak to the press on our behalf. I mean, it was just like kind of, you know, a, a list of things that I went, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, um, so I, I'll just, uh, there's no question, I'll just attest that all those things happened. A lot of it is common sense. But whenever you're talking to a multi-generational group of employees, you may not know what the norm is for each of those folks. And you don't know what their preferred social media platforms are either. We all default to LinkedIn for professional interactions, but that's not to say that some brands don't do a lot of their business on Pinterest or on Twitter, on Facebook. It just depends on who you want to engage with and how they want to engage with you. I do most of my social media interaction on TikTok, but um, sure. <laughs> LinkedIn, okay. Right. Try it out. <laughs> You'll get my uh, my lip dub later on in the episode. Um, it's it's so interesting. Yeah, like everything that I keep on, everything that you say, it's. I, again, it, just in my personal experience, like having 
gone through like an organizational change recently. Uh, I left one employer and went to another. Um, you know, all those things are kind of fresh in my mind. Whereas at, like my previous employer, all those things were there. It was just that I've been there long enough that I didn't notice it anymore. Right. So that makes it, sense. It really yeah. does become a part of the culture and it's how we do things around here. Yeah, that's it. Exactly. Um, can you, we've talked about this advocacy, you know, platform and, and influence and influencer marketing. Can you maybe draw some analogies between like doing those kinds of things on, um, on behalf of the organization, you know, your employer, and, and then maybe using some of those lessons and maybe doing your own brand marketing for your own career, like developing your own brand. Like maybe it's not an official thing, but it's like this, you know, conceptual brand of who John White is and and what John White is about. And so like when you think about John White, I, I really don't talk about myself in the third person all the time, but, um, you know, um, you know, there's some some kind of association that you have like. Um, is it Im important for people who are career minded to actually pay attention to that kind of thing and, and maybe, you know, put some thought into to what goes into it? I mean, obviously, our employers have put some thought into that, like a lot of thought in some cases. Um, doesn't it behoove us to, to put some thought into that ourselves? Absolutely, it does. What you're describing is... I think the buzzword really is personal brand, but you're talking about reputation. Personal brand is just a buzzword for showing the world who you are professionally. And I, I do think it behooves you to put some thought and some effort into your own brand. It's, it's how you present yourself, what your strengths are, what your skills are, and what makes you unique. Everything from the, the clothes you wear to your body language and your communication style and the words and the tone you use, some of that in your communication on behalf of your company will be dictated by that company in your guidelines and so forth. But whenever you think about Nick Cordy, for example, or John White, is this person engaging and friendly? assertive? Are they tardy? Are they on time? Are they polished or casual? Are they present or are they distracted? Think about all of those things and how you want others to see you. What's really important to you and what do you stand for? Because every single interaction, whether it's online, it's one-on-one, -on -one, it's in a group setting, maybe you're on a panel or um, even if you're just if you're online or it's via email, you can solidify your, your own personal style and brand and reputation, or you can dilute that. You can damage it very easily. That's true. You can be uh, five minutes early to every meeting and then 15 minutes late to one, and people think of you as the tardy one, right? They may. Yeah, definitely. Like you, you sleep through one meeting and... Uh, <laughs> Just, just one. Have yeah. you had your nap today, John? <laughs> yeah. So, full disclosure, listeners, we uh, we definitely uh, tried to record this uh, earlier in the week, and uh, I was 15 minutes late because I fell asleep on the couch. Um, so that's why my signature signature now says dash dash the tardy one. <laughs> that's your brand. Yeah. 
I'm I'm integrating it into my personal brand. No, no, I, I you know, I definitely am not. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So ultimately, your personal brand is a combination of the things that you're good at and the things about which you're passionate, maybe what you've accomplished and how you want people to see you, where you want to go, who you want to work with, and who you want to serve. It can be all of those things rolled into one. It really is where your focus lies and how you present yourself to others. Now, how do I make sure, Amy, that I'm crafting a message that represents my brand that's impactful to people and not just noise? About a personal brand? Yeah. Well, if I repeat over and over that I'm smart and I am a great grammar editor, I am, I have a fantastic vocabulary, and then I misspell things, that's not going to work. What I shout over and over again will not matter if I don't show you. So I can easily clutter up the reputation I'm trying to build by talking too much about myself and not paying attention to my audience and what they want to hear by not engaging with them and giving them something that is of value. They should miss you if you're gone. If you aren't posting your blogs, if you aren't sharing things online, if you aren't commenting and interacting with them, they should miss you, ideally. I'm talking about your core audience, not the folks who are new, but the people who expect you to keep showing up every day. That makes a lot of sense to me. And uh, maybe there's some ideas out there like, uh, you know, figure out who's respected in the community and try to deconstruct why it is that they're respected, right? Some people are respected for technical excellence. Some people for, um, being well-connected and being able to um, reach out to, to somebody who knows exactly what it is that you want to know and can, can help you make connections that way. Some people are just extremely friendly and, and welcoming and, and making, you know, want to make sure that people that are new to a community, you know, feel comfortable in that community. So the, the, at least the exercise that I've always gone through is like, you know, why is it that I respect these other people? And then, and then what is it that I can do to, to give back in a way? Hey, hey, there you go. What can I do to give back that people would miss, right? Absolutely. The best thing you can do is get to know your audience and address their interests and their needs and speak their language. If you use acronyms that are going to be confusing to a new arrival to your blog or, or your website or your posts, then spell it out for them, but be consistent don't make people feel as though they've already missed the boat whenever they show up. Be be available and approachable. Whenever they message you on social media, it's it feels good to get a shout out or to have someone comment on something that you've written. So really do make an effort to engage with your audience, whoever that is. If you are looking to build your own reputation and your brand, help others by helping them build theirs. Show them that you see who they are. And if they contact you, respond quickly. That is so interesting. That I mean, I, I'm, I'm sorry to say that same thing over and over again, but 
it is fascinating, like that that jolt of um, of recognition that we get when someone you know likes a post or or writes a reaction. We can provide that for other people, right? And not that I'm advocating that we become like social media dilettantes, but but if you have like focused interaction in a community, then you're you know that's you know for the better of that community and then even maybe that is is a is a way to become uh an influencer right so does this mean does this mean i shouldn't be concerned with the number of retweets and likes on something and that that's not a measure of my brand worth those are vanity metrics nick sorry No, I agree with you. It's not that they're not good. We do want engagement, but if all you're getting is a click to basically tell you how many people saw it, that's, that's not that much feedback. And what did they really get from that? If I think a blog is an excellent way to really share some value, to share thoughts and ideas or your expertise if you insist on being on something that has tiny little bites of information like Twitter, then maybe a poll or on Facebook, do a poll or, or ask a question, uh, ask people to post their experiences or to, to share a particular post to help grow your following so that you have more context. Wow, John, I just can't fathom the fact that likes and retweets on social media are vanity metrics. Can you believe that? <laughs> it's it's something that I always suspected, but uh, I'm glad to hear it echoed back to me. Absolutely. And if you notice, she teased out a blog as a great way to share information and expertise and get yourself some professional exposure. I wonder if we'll hear more about that in part two. Yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to hearing that again. Marketing brain as applied to blogging. Uh, that Some really uh, exciting ideas pop into my mind of what that could be about. Um, but hey, let's uh, it's starting to get late here. Anything else pop into your head uh, while we were talking or listening uh, before we get out of here? No, sir. Just a reminder, we want people to subscribe and give us a positive review on Apple Podcasts or wherever they're listening. We want to know if we're being helpful and are always looking for interesting questions to ponder. We're collectively on Twitter at Nerd Journey. All right. Farewell, listeners, and tune in next time as the journey continues. I'm John White, at Journeyman for Nick Cordy, at NetworkNerd underscore, signing off. Adios. Don't forget about the John White School of Mentoring. Send that tweet out to add Nerd Journey today for pricing and packaging. Can't forget it. <laughs>